0: Welcome to our Victory Outreach Boston podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged and challenged with this message. Let me kick it off by just reading this verse in Romans 10:17. The Bible says, "Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ." Father, I pray my God that you would speak to each and every person here, God. I pray asking you to have your anointing here, Lord, that everyone would sense your love and our love, my God. God, that no one would leave this place the same. Father. Speak to us, Lord. Shape our lives the way you want to shape them. In Jesus' name, we all said amen and amen. You may be seated. It's good to see Linton right here. His brother Lint. So, uh, Pastor Danny, I've known him for a, a long time. We, we were praying for Pastor Danny, actually, when he was in prison. When he was in prison, his, he, he has a brother that was battling addiction. And, um, you know, when I got saved, I got saved a month before I turned 17. I did not grow up in a Christian household. I wasn't related to no, no one that was from either Victory Outreach or that was saved, Right. So when when I got told about the gospel, it was basically by a girl who was, you know, from the neighborhood. And um, I had I had met her, you know, and um, her sister was a heroin addict and her sister was exposed and in, in, to victory outreach. And how many love victory outreach? Amen. That loves reaching and loving and giving hope to the hurting. And so this is back in the, in the early 90s. This is in 1991. And so we're there. We're in L.A. This is like, you know, gang violence was pretty bad back then, hardcore. Back then we had phones. Come on, somebody that um, connected to walls. And every time that phone would ring, you know, people from like from our lifestyle, we would be thinking who died. Who 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 got shot, who got killed, right? And and we really live with that kind of, you know, reality, that kind of, I guess, fear maybe you could say, you know, but but thank God for for God saving us, right? And God doesn't just save us. He puts a call on our lives. God doesn't just want to save you. He has a call. He has something beautiful for your life. And so not only did God save us, but then he got us, you know, into the church. And, and that's where I got saved to Victory Outreach. And that's where I met Christ. And, and that's where, you know, I got to be worked on and and uh, became my family. Victory Outreach is my family. I mean, no, we are family here, right? We are family. And, and and they became, they showed me, you know, I was a teenage dad having a kid, had a kid at 16 years old. You know, uh, the girl who told me about her sister going to Victory Outreach, you know, I had gotten her pregnant. We were living together. And, and by the grace of God, today we are, we are married today. Amen. And, and we both, you know, she's the one. She's the one who brought me to Victory Outreach. She's the one who brought me to Jesus. She throws that in my face all the time. She's like, I gave you salvation. She's like, I gave you eternal life. I'm like, how do you win that argument, right? So um, we, she brings me to the Lord. She brings me to Victor I her coming also to the Lord. You know, we came together to God, and uh, by the we didn't even know if we belonged together. You know, we we didn't know. Uh, by the grace of God, it just so happened that that she ended up wanting God, and I ended up wanting God, and and, and so we we stayed together. We got married. You know, at eighteen years old, got married, and and um, it's been awesome ever since because. Our pastor, Pastor Sonny Jr., has been my pastor since I was skinny. Come on, somebody, amen. (laughs) And um, he's been our pastor for, for, you know, 30 years or so. He was our youth pastor. And while he was our youth pastor, we experienced revival in the youth. I saw when he became our youth leader, we had like 15 youth. I remember even 12, 15 youth. And it became into 50 into 100, into 200, into 500. I remember being an usher counting, and we would have up to 800 people at our midweek gang service. And we were those youth. We were those youth. We were the teenagers. You know, we were. We weren't in the leadership. We were the youth. And little by little, you know, God uh, put in His heart to work with us, raise us up, become leaders. We opened up a youth home, and, and it was it was really awesome because. When I was in what what we call the victory home, I was only, I I went in a month before I turned 17, so I was 16, living with like 60 guys, all with like, you know, they had heroin addictions and addictions longer than I had been alive, you know what I mean? They served prison sentences longer than I was born, and and so there I am, you know, and and they became my big brothers, my guys who mentored me and, and showed me how to pray. How to read the Bible and, and, and so God put in our hearts to to, to do the same. Because how many know that God reaches us and we're supposed to reach others? This ministry, God uses it to give us hope, and we're to give others hope. It, that's the way it works. We gotta we gotta give what we've been given. We gotta be the ones that become the the answer to to, to our to Boston and beyond. And so, you know, they, even though I did not see myself as a a leader, I did not seek, you know, you know, the pulpit, nothing like never, never felt none of that stuff, you know, especially they did such a great job. I was like, I could never do that. I could never do that. Right. And, and so, so by the grace of God, though, they, they would just believe in us. Thank God for people who believe in us. Right. And they believed in us and believed and they convinced us that, hey, God could use you, right? And so we ended up opening up a house for young men who were who were addicts. So we had youngsters that were between the age of 12 and 17 years old. We in, in our church at the mama church, we had our men's home, a women's home. We opened up what we called the youth home. And, and so 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 we took in a guy who was, you know, battling addiction. And he had a brother that was in prison. And that, that, that brother that we would pray for, our humble little youth home, was today who you know as Pastor Danny. Amen. And so I love Pastor Danny. I love that he's saved. He's a great handball player, right? And, and uh, uh, we love Sister Eileen. Uh, we saw her get saved. We, we remember when she came to the Lord. And, and what a treasure she is, and, and, and uh, just your, the team here. But what a beautiful church, right? And, and I had to get discipled. I had to get work with because I had a lot of areas. I had a mind that took a long time to get sanctified. I had battled a lot of things, a lot of what people would call demons. I had a battled a lot of demons. And, and uh, so, so, you know, I would feel sometimes even uncomfortable, you know, like sometimes I felt like, you know, like I was more, I was a better sinner than I was a saint. You know, that, was, that felt more natural, right? But how many you know the devil's a liar? Because you and I, we belong here in the house of God. That, whatever your battles are, whatever our battles are or were, that's not God's original intent for us. That was the enemy that, that had us for a season, but he don't have us no more. We belong to God. And, and, and coming to church, coming to, to services, being around the, uh, the spiritual family is so important, because in this fellowship, in this, uh, with this brotherhood and sisterhood, in this spiritual family, we're going to grow. We are going to grow. And it's so healthy for us. So so I'm I was hearing scriptures for the first time in my life. In my first time hearing these verses in my life. And and, and so I want to share them with you because they still hit me till this day. For example, Hebrews 8:12. You're gonna love this one. And these are my scriptures, but you could have them too, all right? I'm gonna read this one out of the NIV. Hebrews 8:12 I heard this one right here. I will forgive their wickedness. And I and I personalized it so I'm going to put yours, okay? God telling me, I will forgive your wickedness. And I will remember your sins no more. God is not a jealous boyfriend. God is not a jealous girlfriend. God is like, I will forgive your wickedness, and I will remember your sins no more. And man, I loved hearing that. That is that is a major part of the gospel. That is a big part of the gospel. But it's it, it's it's just a part of the gospel. But because. Being forgiven of our sins is a beautiful part of the gospel, but the greater part of this is that the forgiveness of our sin allows us to have access to God. And that is the best part of Christianity. That is the best part about this church life. That is the best part of serving the Lord is that you and I have God in our lives now. How many love God? Come on, clap your hands if you love the Lord. I love the Lord, and I love that he forgave me. And I want you to know I don't know what you've done, but God will forgive you. I don't know what you've done in your past, but I declare to you that if you've asked God for forgiveness, you have been forgiven. And not only have you been forgiven, but my Bible says that He remembers your sins no more. He does, there's no record, there's no trace of your sin. Social media might have a little trace of your sin. I thank God I didn't grow up in that era. People may have logged in some of your past. But God has deleted it. God has, you are new, you're new, you're new. And grace is not just, it doesn't end at the day of salvation. Even if you make a mistake while you're serving him, while we are trying to get it together, grace is still available for us. We will need grace till the day we die. Even the day we die, we will need the grace of God we and it is available to us because of his love for us so i met pastor danny that way through prayer and so one time he called me and he said he said he said hey would you mind you know sending some people and i remembered you know years ago there was this movie i think it's called remember me i think it's called remember me I, i'm not I, I remember it was years ago we were actually in the philippines when we saw it, this was many, many years ago. We lived in the Philippines for a couple of years, did some work for God there. We lived there in, in, I think, 2000, 2001, 2002, got sent on a mission there. Come on. I didn't even know the difference between different Asians. I just thought they're all Chinese. You know what I mean? Uh, I didn't know. I was ignorant. I didn't know. And, and now I, like, you know, know, you know, because Hawaii is basically 40-something percent Asian. Population, so and God put it in our heart. My wife and I, He God put it in our heart that we want to see in the kingdom of God in heaven and in our ministry here on earth in Victory Outreach, we want to see island and Asian treasures out of darkness. So God gave us a burden for. So we went, you know, in two in two thousand to the Philippines, and, and and you know we saw the Lord move there in just such a, a powerful way. And God gave us a burden, not just for Asian people, but also uh, for, for islanders to get saved. And, and so we're, we're doing a work for God there in the islands. And uh, we, like they mentioned, we've been there now for 17 years. God's moving there in Hawaii. And we launched out a church. And we're working on launching our third church out within a year. Pray for us. Because we are believing God. Something else that I learned. They taught me a story that was popular. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 17. They taught me about David and Goliath. How many love that story? Come on, clap your hands if you love that story. I love that story. It was my first time hearing it, though. And you know what I learned? That God kills giants. And you know what's still true to this day? God still kills giants and that was so important because i had i was battling giants and you may be here battling giants you may be battling addiction. You may be battling different lustful thoughts. You may be battling love for the world, and you may be battling pride and or anger problems, or you may be battling you know w- within your marriage, or you may have these different giants that you may be facing. Maybe you're facing the giant of depression, or, or or different things that you may get hit with, and and maybe your family has gotten hit with it, and maybe you don't feel like like you can get the victory, but I got new for you that God kills giants God could kill stuff and eliminate stuff battles and help you win battles he'll help us win battles that are bigger than ourselves that are stronger than ourselves that are tougher than ourselves because they are not bigger than God those giants are not bigger than the Lord so I want to encourage you you stay serving God regardless of the battles you may have, regardless of what you may struggle with, partner with God, partner your life with the Lord. Let me tell you, the best version of yourself is in the Lord. The worst version of us is, is when we are not with the Lord. And when we are with the Lord but in the, not in the spirit, it's pretty ugly too. Stay in the spirit. Stay with the Lord. And God will help us kill our giants. I learned that. And I still believe that. That God still kills giants. We see, we're seeing a move of God in Hawaii. We saw a move of God when we got saved in our youth gang days under Pastor Sonny Jr. And we believe that this church is going to kill giants here in Boston. In the East Coast. God could do it. And this is something else that I learned. That's a big part of killing giants, by the way. And there's another scripture, Matthew 5.8. God gave me this scripture too early in my walk. And I give it to you. Please, harbor this in, in, your, in your heart. Hide these scriptures in your heart. Matthew 5.8, it says this. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. They will see God. God gave my wife and I a desire to be pure. We did not come in pure. I told you we came in living together, worldly, you know, and and young. But but our life was, we didn't know no better. That's just how our life was. That's how our friends were. And, And we didn't feel pure in our minds, our hearts, our bodies, our spirits. But thank God for a God who will purify us. And he will take out our old heart and give us a new heart. He'll take out our old mind and he'll give us a new mind. He'll take our old spirit and give us a new spirit. And we'll go from being these individuals who were who not pure to being individuals who are, who are so pure. Until this day, 30 years later... My wife and I still long for that purity. We want this purity in every area in our lives. Not just in our marriage, not just in, in in our in you know in regarding our past, but we want it even in ministry. When things happen in church, we want to stay pure, pure in our motives, pure in our pers- how we view things, how we see things, because the devil will use things to. To make us think like, like, you know, follow the trail of what, why did they see that? Why did they do that? Why this? Why that? And all that the enemy uses just to make us have impure thoughts and, and hurt our, our beautiful Christian experience that should stay pure. I thank God because 30-something years later, I still love ministry. We still love ministry. 30-something years later, we still love our pastors and our leaders. 30-something years later, we still love our ministry. And we know none of us, especially we are not perfect. But how many know that heaven is not for perfect people? It is for repentful people. And in our ministry, we deal with the imperfect. We raise up imperfect people. We, we, we concentrate on, on seeing treasures reached out of darkness and not just reached, but raised up. And I, but I thank God because in our ministry, we're going to encourage you to be pure and not use the excuse of our past to act like we, it's okay for us not to be pure. Nah, we could do it. We could serve the Lord. We can live right with God. We can live blameless and holy unto the Lord. Do you believe that? We could do it. And you know what happens when we serve God in a pure way? Man, we're going to see God. We're going to see the Lord. And I look at seeing the Lord in so many ways. We're going to see him in our private time in prayer. Man, I want to experience him. I want God in my life. Not just in public settings, but in private settings, I want God, I want to see God. Not only that, but I want to see miracles. If you need a miracle, stay pure. Stay pure, and you can and you could use this scripture and be like, God, you said if I stay pure, I'm gonna see you. I wanna see a miracle, God. And you could pray for your loved ones, you could pray for strangers, you could pray for people, and believe to see God intervene in that situation. But you need you know what's even more beautiful? That if we stay living pure and we, when, when God takes us, you know, we go absent from the body. The Bible says to be present with our Lord. We're, we're going we're gonna to see God in heaven. We are going to see the Lord because we are pure in him because of the blood of Jesus. Now we're going to go to heaven and we're going to see God for eternity. Give the Lord a big, big hand of praise. I'm going the worship team to make their way. Make you guys happy. People love it when you close. That's their favorite part of the message. In closing, you're like, yeah. I shared with you that God forgives. And that God doesn't just forgive, but he forgets sins. I shared with you that God kills giants. Encourage you to live pure unto God. Another scripture that God gave me was James 4.4. 4. And this one, is, this one came heavy. It says, you adulterous people, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? And this scripture was heavy to me because God was encouraging me here not to compromise. Not to compromise. I had to let go of stuff. You know, I had to let go of things. I had to let go of people. I had to stop being around things that would feed my my mind and feed my spirit that was not the best. And, and, And so God gave me this scripture when I was trying to learn about Christianity. I didn't want this person's opinion to shape me. I didn't want that person's opinion to shape me. I mean, I'm not saying I was close to that. But ultimately, I wanted the word of God to shape me. And so I was like, okay, well, well, you know, I had like, I had like cassettes, right? Cassettes. Joey, you know what cassettes are? Okay. (laughs) It's like playlists, but cassettes, right? Drawers full of like, you know, jams. You know what I mean? Let's be honest. They were jams. And, and, and uh, you know, um, worldly music, right? You know, non-Christian music, right? And, and I was like, you know, I, God put it in my, in my heart that, like, to get rid of it. And, and God confirmed it when I, when I read this scripture. Now, this was just the Lord's dealing with me. So I just got rid of it all, you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I know the scripture doesn't specifically talk about music. I'm just telling you where I was at at that time, where God was just telling me, like, cut some things, cut it, cut it, cut things, cut things. And so I was just cutting just different things and so, so that I, I, I wanted to be close to God and, and God said, you know what, friendship with that world is to be an enemy with me. And I didn't want to be an enemy with God anymore. And so God just put in our spirit, my wife and I, to not compromise. To just live the best we can unto him. And he also put in our spirit not to envy evildoers. Psalms 37, verse 1 it says, "Don't fret because of those who are evil, or be envious of those who do wrong, for like grass, they will they will soon wither." And God put that in our because we were we, in our spirit because we were young, and we still had a lot of miles left to be out there. We didn't show up. That burned out, if you will. You understand what I'm saying? And sometimes people feel they got to hit rock bottom before they come to God. I don't believe that. There's people who say, I hear this all the time, by the way, you got to be sick and tired of being sick and tired. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I believe that God and serving God is so much better than the world. We never have the taste of that world. Man, by the grace of God in our church, we have people of all, you know, nationalities. We have Tongans, Samoans, Filipinos, Hawaiians, Hispanics. You know, we have My- uh, Micronesians, Marshallese, you know, Okinawan. You know, all, all, you, all so many different people from the mainland, you know. So many different. And we have different walks of life, too. People who were, you know hooked on drugs, crystal meth, they call it ice there, right? Or even people hooked, that were hooked on fentanyl and, and, and heroin. And, and we have some, never did none of that, never vape, never did none of that. And they've been serving God since they were nine years old. You know, and, and so, so we don't have to taste that world. And if we've tasted that world, we don't ever have to go back. And we shouldn't admire them. They should admire us. We shouldn't be looking there at their social media and feel we're missing out. They should look at ours and feel like they're missing out. We shouldn't look at their life and feel, there's that sexy sex. We shouldn't look at their life and want what they have going on, they should look at our life and want what we have going on. And a lot of what they seem to have going on, a lot of it is a facade. A lot of it is a facade. You'd be shocked how many people are good-looking, seem to have it together, but battle some big stuff and they're not honest about it. In our island, one of the major battles we have is suicide. We have on our island, smiling, three suicides a day. Three a day. You don't know how many funerals I've done of suicides. Just even since the fires. Some of you, thank you if you've been praying for the fires that have been, you know, taking place there in Hawaii. But... What the news isn't showing you is a lot of the people are also taking their lives now because they lost their property. They lost loved ones. And and right away, within a few days, already like, like right away, you know, within just a few days of the fire, like six people had killed themselves due to the the you know what happened there in Lahaina. It's people battle. People battle. We battled. You and I have battled. But thank God we have a hope in Christ. We have a hope in Christ. And unfortunately, those without Christ will wither like the grass. And we don't want that for them. So so we want to reach them. We want to give them hope. I want you to stand. And... I want to encourage you, if, if there's something I really want to encourage you in, one of the things I really wanted to encourage you in is feed yourself the word. Feed yourself the word. Get in, fall in love with the Bible. I fell in love with the Bible. I was not a reader. I was a sped student dropout. I never had read a whole book in my life. And thanks to this ministry who who fathered me and showed me how to be a husband, showed me how to be a dad, showed me how to be a grandfather, showed me how to be a man of character, a man of God. I thank God for this ministry. I thank God for churches like our Victory Arch church right here in Boston because it was here they taught me the word and to live by the word, and I want to challenge you to do. The, fall in love with it. Even if at first you don't understand it, I would read it, and I wouldn't understand it. I would just read it by faith, by faith. It took me 10 years to finally really understand the word. Now I feel like a spoiled man with the word. Like I read it, and it's like he speaks to me richly every verse, every time. I feel like, like, like. You know, and there is power and in proper interpretation of the word. So you don't want to misinterpret it. You want to interpret it right. Engage with it. Interpret it right and apply it. And this is what shaped my wife and I and what has kept us for over 30 years and has kept us pure and focused and with a spirit of joy. Because let me tell you, we love our life. We live a great life. And it wasn't supposed to be that way. Believe me, we should have died in gang violence. We should have OD'd or ended up in prison. We should have, our life should have been messed up, but it's not. God intervened, and we stayed the course. We stayed the course by the grace of God. I want to encourage you, stay the course. And, and I, I want to lift up your hands for a moment right now. Just lift up your hands and worship the Lord right now. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray this message builds your faith, encourages, and strengthens you in your walk with the Lord. If you would like to partner with us, sow a seed today. Head on over to our website at voboston.org and hit the giving link located